0: We find out the best way for us to get it is to give it. It's a central theme of leadership of service. Give the thing you want to get, be of service to that.
1: You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question. What has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling, the business psychologist, the author of How to Hire the Best, and your co-host on the Profit by Design podcast. Weekly, my co-host, Mike Bruno, and I bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests, who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real-life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. At Tap the Potential, we know you're longing to be freed from the constant demands of your business. You need a business that supports your life. And the problem is your business is taking over your life, leaving you frustrated and discouraged. We get it. At Tap the Potential, we believe work supports life, not the other way around. We understand you're paying a team, and most likely, you're still having to do it all. There should be accountability. It should not be this hard, which is why, through our proprietary coaching system, we help thousands of business owners like you have more time for what's important to them and grow profit by 300 to 800%. Here's how we do it. Start by taking our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. You'll get an overview of your current quality of life as it relates to your business and next steps needed in your business to improve your quality of life while strengthening your business. Next, meet with our success team lead to debrief your results. Then join our Better Business, Better Life program. By the end of your first year with us, you will have more time for what matters to you and more money in your bank account than you've ever had before. So if you're ready to take your life back, the next step is to take our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. Profit designers. Today we are welcoming Dov Baron back to the podcast. Dov is a very popular guest. He's been with us previously, and he has been cited in both recent versions of the How to Hire the Best books. He was in the contractors edition, and most recently, I've cited his work in How to Hire the Best, the Entrepreneur's Ultimate Guide to Attracting Top Performing Team Members. Dov Baron is the dragonist, guiding us in how to recognize and nurture dragons, top talent hidden in our organizations. A dragon leader is not a position. It's someone who is always pushing to improve and wants those they serve to reach their full potential. Dov's humor and no BS style is contagious. As a master storyteller, he is considered to be the leading authority on actualized leadership. Actualized leadership means getting the result you set out to achieve in the most meaningful manner. Working with diverse leaders and executive teams, Dov filters common bonds to create fiercely loyal cultures. You can't achieve loyalty without meaning, and talent only stays when they feel they are part of something larger than themselves. Besides being a best-selling author of One Red Thread and Fiercely Loyal, How High-Performing Companies Develop and Retain Top Talent, Dov has been named one of Inc. Magazine's Top 100 Leadership Speakers to Hire and as one of the top 30 global leadership gurus. He has spoken to the United Nations, the world management forum in Iran, the New York national speakers association and the servant leadership Institute in June, 1990, while free rock climbing, Dov fell approximately 120 feet and landed on his face. The impact shattered most of the bone structure of his face. After 10 reconstructive surgeries, no external evidence remains. However, This experience wasn't just life-changing, it has been completely transformational. Dov shares how dragons are born in fire, experiences that could potentially destroy you, instead can birth purpose, passion, and hunger to champion others to nurture the dragon fire in ourselves, our families, our communities, and our companies. Dov believes the world needs more dragon leaders committed to living their purpose, standing in their truth, and empowering others to find their fire and do the same. So with that, let's join our conversation with Dob. Profit designers, at Tap the Potential, we are on a mission right now to be a positive force in social media during trying times for all of us entrepreneurs. In that regard, I would love it if you could help us out. We really want to get behind any of you who are doing good things in your communities, showing up and leading with love. If you are doing something to keep your team together during this time and you're sharing it in social media, or you come across another entrepreneur who is being a gift from their gift in some way that you notice, please use the hashtags lead with love and be a gift. Our team at Tap the Potential is on the lookout in social media for those hashtags, and we will be reposting those social media posts from the Tap the Potential social media. Let's all lead with love, be a gift, and shine bright during these trying times. Dov, welcome back to the Profit by Design podcast.
0: I'm excited to be here. Always love chatting to you, Sabrina. Always a joy.
1: Yeah. Well, I tell you what, the last time you were on with me, I wish we would have had four or five hours. There was so much that we could have gotten into. And so it's wonderful to get to have you back as part of the How to Hire the Best, the Entrepreneur's Ultimate Guide to Attracting Top Performing Team Members. We're getting this book out there and you, I featured your work in here yet again around loyalty Thank you. and building culture because that is something that is your area of expertise. And I think it's an area when it comes to leadership, so many of us entrepreneurs really struggle. We know we want to build a loyal team. We think it sounds like a good idea, but what does it mean? And what we keep coming back to is it's about how we show up as the leaders in the business. So I want to get your perspective. We've been through a turbulent year of 2020.
0: (laughs) Really? I hardly noticed, but there again, I have been living under a rock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what, for you, how has that deepened your thoughts on leadership and loyalty caused any shifts? What are you aware of now that's new because of what we've been through in the world?
0: I don't know that it's new, but it's certainly highlighted. I have written a lot over the last 15 years on the hole in the soul of leadership. And I think that that has become glaringly obvious. Whether you are left or right of the issues really doesn't matter What is clear is that I wrote about this in my book, Fiercely Loyal, where I said, the reason it's difficult to keep millennials loyal is because they lost faith in corporate leadership because in 2008, there was a recession and they saw their moms and their dads and their older siblings get fired from jobs they had been in 10 years. Well, that trust went up a little bit with the climb in the economy, but not enormously because unfortunately, leaders didn't get it. Now we're seeing that distrust, that mistrust of leaders has spread now. And so, you know, as a very good friend of mine, Stan Slapp and I were speaking about the other day, we said, you know, when you realize that you can't trust political leaders to evolve, and you realize that your religious leaders are now being scrutinized, it actually falls upon us as business leaders, as entrepreneurs, to say... We have got to bring the humanity. We have got to bring the compassion. We have got to understand that people, want, you've got to raise people out of their base level of needs, the economics through helping each other up so that we can be better human beings. It's up to us. And I think that we, in many ways, can heal the soul of leadership by understanding that humanity. And that is what's going to bring us together. And as we get that divide gets bigger and bigger economically, you're going to see more and more desperate moves around that. So yeah, I think that entrepreneurs as leaders are, I think that entrepreneurs are the leaders of tomorrow. Entrepreneurs, artists, and entertainers are key. People are like, what are you talking about? Artists. I always say, if you want to know what artists, I'm not talking about just painters, about comedians, writers, singers, whatever it is. Artists say the things most of us only feel and don't dare to say. One of the <laughs> wonderful things about art. I love that about art. And then on top of that, I also think it's so vitally important that we put women in positions of power. Why? If you want to surround yourself with a team, in your diverse team, I wrote a piece around building advisory boards. And I said, you've got to have artists because they push in the envelope and you've got to have women. And here's why. Whatever you think about women, here's the facts. Women whisper in the ears of their babies. And you've got to get that. The women who have power and have children will then teach their children that they can have power. They can teach about equality. They can teach about diversity because women are the ones who whisper in the ears of their children. We need more artists. We need more women to empower leadership. And with that entrepreneurship, which is the ability to think beyond what is going on, what is next, what is next after the next. And they're always two, three, four steps ahead. So for me, that's where all this is, transforming and changing. This right now, excuse me, is shit. We all know that. But I want you to know something. My hobby is gardening. I put shit on my garden every year. It makes my flowers come up. It makes my roses good. This is consider this fertilizer.
1: I do too, Adolf. That is a great metaphor and a great reminder. I want to go you just shared so much that we can dive into. I want to talk about the fear part. Because bad behavior comes out of fear. And we have a lot of people in the country and in the world in bad economics right now, which drives fear when we, and it drives scarcity mindset, which is underneath fear. Fear and love are opposing emotions. And so we have an opportunity as entrepreneurs to impact our teams and impact our communities through the work that we do and impact the greater economies. And when we are, what I get concerned about for entrepreneurs is there's a lot, you know, we talked about working harder for less money. There's a theme that many are experiencing right now, working harder for less money. So entrepreneurs are in a place of fear at times, and then it makes it very hard to lead from a place of love and compassion and elevation. And when you start talking about diversity on teams and before we hit record, you said to me, the worst advice is to hire people who think like you or surround yourself with people who think like you. We need to be surrounding ourselves and intentionally surrounding ourselves with diverse perspectives on the team and coming at things from a place of what's possible and what can I learn here? So tell me, in your experience, if we're in that leadership role, how do we get ourselves out of fear?
0: Great question. There's a lot to unpack in that. So first of all, what I want to say is I fully agree with you that the counter to fear is love, but love is incredibly subjective and most people don't know what it means. So I'm going to tell you what I feel is the root of all love. And I'll tell you this because about 20 odd years ago, I realized it for myself. I was dating the woman I'm married to and I was out with my best mate and I said, you know, I was 39 years old and my mate said, how's it going? He goes, she's really great. And I said, yeah, she is. I said, I think I'm going to ask her to marry me. And he's like, what? Really? And I said, yeah. And he goes, why? And I said, she gets me. Now, what does that mean in the context of leadership? It means curiosity is the root of love. Everything I do is based around curiosity. People fall out of love because they feel that their partner is not interested in them anymore. My wife and I, after 20 odd years, go out on first dates where we pretend we don't know each other. And we start to discover things. And inevitably, I find something I didn't know. And I'm a pretty curious guy. So curiosity is how we catalyze the love. So rather than trying to jump to love out of your fear, it's too hard. That's a big jump. Go to curiosity. What could I understand here? What could I get better here? Now, the problem with this is as entrepreneurs, we are leaders, yes, but we tend to be idiots who try to do everything ourselves. And we need to build teams. This is exactly what your book is about. We need to build teams. It's important to build teams. But you can't build a team and do everything yourself. That's contradictory. So you've got to get off your own pedestal, right? Because it's a self-imposed pedestal. And if anybody knows anything about self-imposed pedestals, that would be me. I fell 120 feet off a self-imposed pedestal and landed on my face. So you got to get off your pedestal. you got to surround yourself. Ask anybody, a Republican or a Democrat, who was the greatest president ever. Anybody except for maybe the present president. If you ask anybody who was the greatest president, they'll tell you Lincoln. Why? He surrounded himself with people who did not agree with him. That was what his whole administration was. He understood the best way to become the best leader for America was to surround himself with people who didn't agree with him. As entrepreneurs, we've got to get out of this fixed mindset we have around, well, I know the way. I'm the ideas guy. Yeah, that's great. Wonderful. I know that you're wonderful. You're marvelous. You've had all these fabulous ideas, and everybody tips their hat to you. However, that won't make you a great leader, and it won't let you grow. CEOs, and particularly owner CEOs, are often – They are the ceiling of their own business. You don't get past it because you're in your own way. You got to surround yourself with great people. So that comes down to curiosity, building that love, surrounding yourself with people who don't think like you. Because as I said, before we hit record, surround yourself with like-minded people is the worst advice you ever got. We all live there. It's called social media. The algorithm surrounds you with people who think like you. Because I come into our news on public political news. And people go, how do you get all your knowledge? And how do you stay out of the bubble? Oh, it's easy. And they go, why? I go, I follow BBC, CNN, Al Jazeera, RT, Russian television, Breitbart, MSNBC, and Fox. I have about seven or eight outlets that I have all of them. I look at them all because I want to not be in my bubble. I am Facebook's algorithm nightmare because <laughs> I click on things that they don't think I will. And so they keep sending me stuff and it's, you know because I don't want to be in my bubble. And as an entrepreneur, you have got to get outside of your bubble because otherwise you're in a bias that makes you think that your idea is a great idea. And then you discover, no, there are three people who wanted to buy it and they're all your mates.
1: Yeah. So we have to be very intentional and you are being very intentional about where you're getting your news and you're trying to get things from an outside perspective. How do these other countries view what was going on here and what is going on in the rest of the world that's not filtered through our regular media that we would normally get? You have a new podcast called Stay Curious. Tell us about that.
0: Curiosity Bites is the name of the podcast.
1: I'm sorry, Curiosity Bites.
0: The sign-off is Stay Curious. It's my sign-off for absolutely everything. It is about, it's called Curiosity Bites because it's actually about bringing us together to find out where the vector crosses over between one side and another side. So as we were talking about, I've had people on there who were the chief recruiter for the neo-Nazi movement in Western Canada. I had the Trump campaign manager, uh, media manager on the show. I've had neuroscientists, quantum physicists. There's one episode called the dyslexic physicist. I've had astrophysicians on there, neurosurgeons. I mean, theologians, religious people. I mean, it's just, is so vast and so wonderful. And what is always, like I finished those shows on my web course, how was it I go, Oh my God, it was so good. Like it was so good. And she goes, well, you the host. And I go, I know, but it was so delicious. And she goes, why? Because go, it confronted some things for me. I love it when my bias is confronted because the only way I can get better is if my bias is confronted. The only way I can get bigger and deeper is what my bias is confronted. And as an entrepreneur, you get very caught up in the deliciousness of your own ideas. But listen, It's not delicious to everybody else. So you've got to get past your own bias. Breaching the bias is one of the most important things you can do as an entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur, you're likely to surround yourself with people who are going, oh, you're so marvelous. You're so wonderful. Right. Well, take a look at politics today. That's the problem in politics. Everybody who's on the left is going, oh, yeah, the Democratic Party are fantastic. And those bastards on the right are crazy. And everybody on the right is going, oh, Trump's the best thing in sliced bread, and the Democrats are all corrupt. That's the problem. It's only a metaphor, but it's a problem.
1: I had an aha moment when you said that, because we, you know, we have blind spots, and we know we have blind spots. And so how do you figure out what your blind spots are? Our biases are where our blind spots live. And so if we want to uncover our blind spots... We have to be aware of our biases and purposely, what you're describing, purposely surround ourselves with people who will push on those biases.
0: Absolutely. So it's a great point. So one of the things that I have a program inside of my Patreon channel, and it's called Uncovering Genius Blind Spots, because a lot of your blind spots are there because there's a blind spot, but it's the same with everything in your life. There is something that gets rewarded and we tend to go, oh, and we... Oh, right. So there are people who were good at math at school who work in jobs that are math and they hate math. Just because you're good at it doesn't mean you should do it. There's some things where I've worked with people privately or my clients who are, you know, hundred millionaires, you know, like the big money who are in the real estate world who hate real estate. This person said to me, I hate real estate, but it really keeps my lifestyle. I go, well, great. Does your lifestyle make you feel fulfilled? No. Then maybe it's time to look somewhere else. So we have that. Somebody applauds us and we go to, we're like a beast to the honey. We just get pulled to the nectar and we go for that, but we don't get to what fulfills us, what nurtures us, what is the soulful nurturance of human beings. And that's what we need to get to because that doesn't come from doing what gets you the applause. You can get applause for it, but it's not driven by that.
1: It's an empty feeling once you get there. So, As an entrepreneur who is in a place of just feeling disconnected from their business, it's successful, things are going well, and yet that emptiness is there. What is underneath that and how do you reconnect?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is what I speak about. I mean, my whole thing is around being a dragon leader and looking for your dragon fire. And what does that mean? It means, you know, like I said, I'm working with people who are very successful, but they're like, what is next of? What is next? And when I say next, they're not looking at for the next big success, although inevitably they'll get there. It's where's the nourishment? I'm getting full on all this wealth, but I'm not getting the nourishment that, you know, there's a malnutrition of the soul. And so that when I look at that, I say, here's the thing, you've likely been following your passion and that's great. And most entrepreneurs are following their passion. But why they keep jumping from thing to thing is because your passion is the vehicle. It's what you're transporting in the vehicle that matters, not the vehicle. So you may look kind of flaky because you jump from this to that, to that, to that. No, that's just vehicles. Those vehicles run out of fuel. That's okay. What are you transporting in the vehicle? That's your dragon fire. How do you find that thing that fulfills you, which is your dragon fire? How do you get to that? Well, you're not going to like the answer, but it is the truth. And that is you must look in the place you don't want to look. In the words of Joseph Campbell, the treasure you seek can only be found in the cave you refuse to enter. It's Jungian, it's deeply metaphysical, but it's also deeply psychological within us. We're driven to find that and we ignore the darkness within us. But the light is brightest in the darkness. You take a candle out into the sunlight, you can't see that light. You take that same candle into the darkness, it illuminates everything. You must confront your own darkness. So what does that mean in simple terms? And by the way, this is not for everybody, but if you do it, it's what will deeply fulfill your life. And it's that willingness to go to the place that is your pain. When you now people go, Well, I'm not doing that. Okay, that's great. You don't have to. But you're gonna get keep getting sick and tired of that hit, that momentary hit of like, oh my god, I got it. And then, oh, how come it's so empty? Because you're looking for something deeper. Your soul craves more than success. And by the way, we've all been sold the American dream of money is going to make you happy. It's not. By the way, poverty won't make you happy either. I've been in both places. They both suck. If that's all it's about. If it's about the money, it will suck. It's about your soul. So you look at the thing and I'm just going to give you a very simple clue. I'm going to give everybody listening right now a path to their own dragon fire. Let me ask you this question. What did you need that you couldn't get or couldn't get enough of when you were a child? Whatever that is, it's what you still need. It may have morphed. It may look different, but it's exactly the same. May I give you an example? So I was working with one of the top branders in the world who has become a very, very good friend of mine. And I had him on Curiosity Bites. You can go find his show. The reason I can divulge this is because he divulged it during Curiosity Bites. And during the interview, he kept saying, you know, I got to tell you that every time you say this thing about, you know, I got to go and look at the pain. I want to back away. I have, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, and he's very, I mean, insanely successful. And I said, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I said, can I ask you a question? And he goes, yeah. I said, tell me a little bit about your childhood. I already knew about his childhood, but okay. And he goes, sure. He said, you know, I mean, it was a mixed race kid in LA, in the poor part of LA. He goes, I didn't really fit in with the black kids. I didn't fit in with the white kids. I kind of felt invisible. I was like, uh-huh. mm mm-hmm what do you do for a living? And he said, well, you know what I do? And I said, yeah, but just tell me what you do. He goes, well, I'm the iconist. And I go, yeah. What does that mean? He goes, well, I show brands how to, in all the noise, how to get out of the noise and go from being invisible to being visible. I go, hmm, okay. And he went, oh my God. Like he got it. In that moment, he was invisible as a child. What he needed was to be seen. So now that's what he does in the world. When we're in our dragon fire, when we actually live in that place, what happens is we end up serving the world, the very thing we wanted. We find out the best way for us to get it is to give it. It's a central theme of leadership of service. Give the thing you want to get. Be of service to that. What did you need when you were a child that you couldn't get or couldn't get enough of? Another example is a leader I was working with. And he said, I said, what did you need? He said, I needed a connection with my dad. And then he stopped and went, but no, I got that. And I said, how did you get it? And he goes, well, my dad would take me fishing. And I go, Oh, that's great. How often did you go? He goes twice. I go, so you got it, but you didn't get enough of it. And he goes, Oh my God, you're absolutely right. And I said, and what do you do for a living now? He says, I'm a heart surgeon. I said, you're connecting people's hearts. And he went, oh my God. Yeah, it's changed forms, but it's the same thing. So we end up unconsciously fulfilling this part of ourselves. But when we get it and we look at the work in it and we actually deal with the pain, and we confront that pain, we can open that up and we can actually serve the world in a magnificent way that invariably makes entrepreneurs and leaders enormously successful, more successful than they've been but also deeply fulfilled. And that's what we need to look at in the world. When we're bringing each other together from a place of curiosity, Is to say this, what is it this person really needs? What if they don't need what they're saying, but they need something else? What is it they need? You know, I look at leaders, politicians, and I go, what do they need? I can see exactly what they need. It's glaring. You're a psychologist, you understand it too. It's like, this is glaring to us. But the problem is we have Assumptive knowledge, meaning it's obvious to us, so we assume it's obvious to everybody, but it's not. And there are things that you as an entrepreneur can see that other people don't see, but try looking in the mirror. That's the place to look.
1: So, I mean, what powerful questions to hold as a leader and really even looking at our teams, the individuals on our teams and asking, what do they need? What does this person need? And it's not what we think they need. We need to hold that curiosity and engage in the conversations with them to unpack what the needs are with our
0: team. As leaders, we often assume what the need is a raise or a corner office. And most of the time, it's not that at all. And that person over there, they may need you to tell the entire team how fantastic they are. But that person over there, they don't want that. They want you to come in their office and tell them in person. And that person in over there, they don't want that. What they want is a little note or a card. But if you don't bother to find out, you're dead in the water. You got to get to know your people. The humanity is the number one factor in leadership today. Number one, if you want to be a great entrepreneur, a great leader, you have got to find your people. You've got to know them as human beings, not as workers, as humans.
1: So we have to start with ourselves. We have to know ourselves. We have to be willing to go into those dark places and deal with that so that we have the capacity to listen to others, to be curious about them. Because when we're coming from a place of pain ourselves and it's not dealt with, it's unresolved. We can't hear the others around us. We can't see them because we are very inwardly focused. And I, As we're talking, my wheels are turning and I'm thinking about these entrepreneurs who are working 70, 90 hours a week and just feel like everything is riding on their shoulders. They're the linchpin in the business and all decisions have to go through them. What is the need there that's driving that? What's underneath
0: that? You know, the answer to that is, of course, it's subjective. I can't answer for everybody, but I will tell you the generalized need is the need for significance. The need to feel important. And, you know, entrepreneurs are freaking fascinating psychologically. You know this better than most because they're driven by creativity. Most of them are in their own form, an artist. They are always creating. They're innovative. So, yeah, that's, you know, and artists are also high stimulus, right? We need a lot of stimulation. I'm one too, so I get it. So we're driven by our need to create. We're driven by our need for stimulus. But, you know, on top of that, if you're doing this 70, 80, 90 hours a week and you're not hiring people and you're, or you are hiring, but you're micromanaging, that's your need for significance. That's your need to feel important. And that's okay. Please understand. I'm not making you bad for that. I understand it. I did it for years, right? I did it for years. But you got to stop and say, hold on a second. What's the deeper need? My basic need is to have significance. Well, what is that actually about? What do I really need? What do I really need? Because you don't need the significance of the world. I love what Jim Carrey said. I wish I could make everybody rich and famous for two weeks so they realize it isn't anything they think it is. Because it doesn't meet that need. Your need actually is to make a difference. Now, how you do it, entirely subjective. How you do it is going to meet the need in you, but it's to make a difference. Human beings are good. We are good, but we behave like we're shit when we're in fear and when we forget that we're good. So we've got to remind ourselves that we're good. And some people, yeah, of course, they have psychological issues that have become biological and neurological, of course, and they need treatment, but basically... Human beings are good. Not everybody who lived in Nazi Germany was a Nazi. And you need to remember that. I did a video just recently and I, where I talked about, let's forget MAGA and let's make Mecca, make America curious again. Because 70 million people plus voted for the guy who lost. Well, you can't turn your back on those people. They're your fellow Americans. And they're your fellow employees. Because today, if you're leading, you have 20 employees. There's a good chance 10 of them are Trumpers right? So you've got to know how to deal with that, not by going, oh, you can't mention politics. No, you should mention politics. But bring us together. Let's find the vector where we cross over, explore, expand, let me understand. Because as I said in that video, whether you agree with him or not, the point of the matter is this, and we all need to learn this as leaders. He spoke to the disenfranchised. And that's what we as leaders are responsible for doing. Whether you like his politics or not, He had the ability to speak to the disenfranchised. He spoke to people who felt like nobody was listening. You, As you as an entrepreneur, as a leader, you have to do that with your people. You need to look around. Listen, squeaky wheel always gets the oil. We know that. Well, what about the people who don't squeak? Then it's your job to go find them, to say, tell me about it. You're at the front of this company. You're the salesperson. You're the receptionist. What's wrong with us? Where can we get better?
1: How do we make it comfortable on our teams to bring forth the opinions that are less popular?
0: Oh, thank you for asking that. The answer is, as I wrote about in Fiercely Loyal, the answer is vulnerability. Leaders must lead. You're not called the leader because you own the company or because you're the boss. You're called the leader because you're supposed to lead. Leaders go first. So leaders have to go first with vulnerability. So we have an exercise that we do with our corporate work and it's a vulnerability exercise. And it starts like this. We say, just tell me something about yourself. That's really obvious. Right? So I go, okay. So if I'm going first and I always go first, because again, leaders are going to go first. So I say, here's what's obvious about me. I have a beard. Okay, cool. Then everybody goes around. I go next zone is here's what's less obvious about me. So what's less obvious about me is that I have three grandchildren I have four grandchildren, rather, and three of my grandchildren live in Australia. Okay? That's less obvious about me. And then we all go around that. And we get a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. But as we're doing that, we're just going a little bit more into the water, a little bit deeper into the water. But I am always leading. And the last one, we don't do it in the first round. We do it many rounds. But in the last one, each one of us tells a shame story. And I tell a shame story. I'm willing to do it here, but I tell a shame story, something I feel what is called healthy shame about. Healthy shame means I know it sucked, it was terrible, it was horrible. I carry that shame on purpose to remind me that that is totally unacceptable in my life. I lost my temper when I was 22 years old with my girlfriend and I, while driving and took my hand and shoved her face against the side window. I was physically violent with another human being and with somebody who I actually loved and cared about. I carry enormous shame about that. On purpose, people go, can't you let it go? I don't want to let it go. I want to be cognizant that that is never an option no matter how pissed off I get to hit or be violent with another human being, let alone a woman or somebody I care about with anybody. I want that. But when I share that, oh my God, watch what happens people start to break down. They open up, they reveal. And so they go, listen, you know, I've never said this, but you know, I think Trump's the best thing since sliced bread. Great. Tell us why. We're not here to disagree with you. We want to understand what is it that he speaks to in you?
1: So you just did something there. Instead of shutting down or changing the conversation, you went deeper and you said, tell me more, tell us why. And when we share from a place of vulnerability and share our shame, it creates safety in the room for people to have the real conversations. I've witnessed this over and over again in our retreats that we do, in our groups that we have in the Better Business, Better Life program at Tap the Potential, when entrepreneurs share their shame, and there's a lot of shame we carry Because there are damaged relationships, there are just many things that are victim of the entrepreneur driving, pushing, pushing, and going harder and harder. And when we try to cover that and bury it and pretend it doesn't exist, that's where our own bad behavior comes from. That's where we shut down and build walls and the people around us respond to that in a shutdown way. But when we open up and we share from a place of authentic vulnerability, it creates safety for others to share. And then we can be real with each other and we can see each other as humans, which allows us, I believe this is where you were headed and where what you were saying. It allows us to get curious about each other instead of putting a wall up because somebody has a different viewpoint or a different perspective. Now we connect as humans. So, Dove, as you were talking, I had this awareness that it is really the way that we create safety on our teams and the way that we make it possible for the quieter voices in the room to be heard, the perspectives that are not coming out, is through our own vulnerability and sharing. You spoke about sharing our shame story. When we share our shame, we are now connecting from a place of humanity with each other, versus opinions and viewpoints. And it's that opportunity when someone has a viewpoint that's different from ourselves. And instead of reacting to the viewpoint now, because we know them as a person, we've connected with their humanity. Now we have a place to be curious about who they are as a person versus this perspective that we could easily push against because it's different than
0: our own. Absolutely. The point, and that is what I want to challenge everybody to do is to get curious about the humanity of an individual. And what I want to just say is, is in that piece around vulnerability, I want to remind you that that won't work for everybody in the context of a large group or even a group of five. Some people are gonna need you to do that very privately. Be willing to, again, be curious about the humanity of that individual. Some people are more likely to open up in a group of three or four or five. Some people only open up in a group of 100. Some people won't open up unless you have them one-on-one. Your job as a leader is not to get people to do what you want them to do, but to find out who they are so that they can serve in the way that fulfills them and your purpose, and what it is you're doing. Because your people become loyal to you when they feel bonded to the meaning of what it is they're doing. That's the number one thing. Meaning. What is the dragon fire of you? What is the dragon fire of your organization? And how does my dragon fire tie to your dragon fire, even though I voted Biden and you voted Trump, or I voted Trump and you voted Biden? It's irrelevant. What is it that bonds us together? My best friend is politically diametrically opposed to me he's one of my closest friends has been one of my closest friends for 20 years we've always been diametrically opposed politically and i love him to bits he always makes me think and i know his humanity and that's what is more important when it all comes down to all do i care about his politics or do i care about his wife and his son do i care about you know him as a human being i do that's what we got to remember that we're humans first everything else is an opinion as you well said
1: Absolutely. And so in terms of building great teams, we want to connect with people's humanity on our teams, and we need those diverse perspectives. I want to let everyone know that How to Hire the Best is available. You can go to howtohirethebest.com to find out all the tools, find all the tools that go with the book, and help you build a great team. And I want to let you know that Dobbs' work, Fiercely Loyal, is featured prominently in that book. My copy of your book is falling apart. it's It's been read so much. And I really appreciate you being here with us today to speak about the humanity and how that is key to building the loyal teams that we all want to have. I know that in this past year, you have put a tremendous amount of effort into creating your Patreon platform and creating tools that support leaders. So I want to give you the opportunity to share that here before we go out.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that, Sabrina. So you can go to, if you go to patreon.com forward slash D O V B A R O N. So Dov Baron, or you can go to Dov and you can find it on there. If you just go to dragon's lair, it'll show you in there. And it's filled with amazing live trainings, recordings of those live trainings, great workbooks that are not available anywhere else, and a whole series of videos that are actually from the Curiosity Bites program. Those videos are not released anywhere else. So you really want to have those hear those amazing human beings sharing some pretty insane things that just blow your mind and open your heart wide up and touch your soul. I know you'll just love it there. And I thank you for having me on. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this. And I want to remind everybody, please Stay curious, my friends. Stay curious about the humanity of each other. And as Sabrina said, that love is the complete opposite to fear. And the pathway to love is through that curiosity. Get curious about each other. Get curious about yourself. You are amazing. Human beings are wonderful. We just got to give ourselves permission to be. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Dov. Those are very powerful words of wisdom. So profit designers. I hope to hear from you with your takeaways from today's episode in our Profit by Design Facebook group. Share with us what curiosity has been piqued for you from today's conversation with Dove. Thanks again, Dove. If your business is taking over your life and you're ready to take your life back, Tap the Potential's Better Business, Better Life program could be just what you're looking for. By the end of your first year in our program, you will have more time for what matters to you and more money in your bank account than ever. Get started, take our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Profit by Design Podcast Facebook group. Share your thoughts on today's episode, ask us questions and let us know what you wanna hear about next. Visit our website at profitbydesignpodcast.com to access resources from our sponsors and tools we've created for you. Subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to right now. There's a subscribe button right there. Go ahead and hit it so that you always get a notification when we release a new episode. And finally, share our podcast with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. Thanks again for listening. This is real life business. Keep your chin up. Keep moving forward. You got this.